All right, what's up, everyone? This is Through Traffic with our first NBA podcast. We are a group of four guys. We all love the NBA, uh, and we are here to bring you the best in basketball news. Um, so I'm Jacob. Everyone else want to introduce themselves? All right, I'm Hayden Coates. Uh, I'm from Malvern, PA, and I'm a sophomore at VT. I'm Tyler Spears, Jacob's brother. I am from Richmond, Virginia, and I'm a senior here at Virginia Tech. Hey, I'm uh, Austin, and I'm a senior at the University of Lynchburg, and I'm also from Richmond, Virginia. All right, well, that sounds like that's everyone we have here at the podcast. So how we all know each other, me and Tyler are brothers, and we know Hayden from college, and we know Austin from high school. Um, so to get to know everyone better, we're going to go around, say our favorite NBA team and our favorite NBA player. Um, I'll go first. My favorite NBA team is the Wizards. Uh, we're from Richmond, so they're the closest NBA team to us, and I grew up going to a lot of their games. Um, and my favorite player is Kevin Durant. I love that combo of shooting and size. No, no one like him. One of the best scorers of all time. So Hayden, right, my my favorite team's the Sixers. I'm from I'm from PA, so I'm like 50 minutes outside Philadelphia. I've been to a ton of games. Um, from like 2013 to 2015, my my dad always purchased the bundle season pack, which was like five to seven home games for the season. So we always went to those. The tickets were pretty cheap because they were bad at the time, <laughs> but you know they're looking good now. I think uh, Joel Embiid is a front runner for MVP. They're looking good. They're looking like East contenders with the Nets, and, you know, I'm excited for that. And for my favorite player, got to give a shout-out to Mikel Bridges. He went to my high school. So he was a senior at Great Valley when I was a soft, or when I was in seventh grade in middle school, and I used to go to all the games to only watch Mikel because he was really a stud. And he went to Villanova. I live 15 minutes away from Villanova, so I love watching them. He's a two-time national champion, and I just I, I root for him, and the Suns are looking good, and so is he. Hot take, hot take. No one else says Mikhail Bridges is their favorite player, but we got we got uniqueness here on the podcast. Yes, sir. So I guess I'll go next. Um, so back in the day, I was following the NBA. Didn't really have a team, and Jacob and I were discussing one day, and we decided that I would become a Timberwolves fan. This was 2017, the prime Butler Towns Wiggins trio. They were on the rise, and they're not anymore, unfortunately. And so my favorite player to go along with that. It should be a Timberwolves player, but that's too cliche. So I'm going to go with De'Aaron Fox. Quick point guard. Love the gameplay. Austin. Yeah, so I would say uh, my favorite team. So I got an interest of, like, with basketball and all that. Probably when I started playing uh, NBA 2K13. Best uh, 2K game ever. Uh, don't at me on that. But um, 17. Definitely was uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, and off of that, probably would have to go with Jacob and say Kevin Durant's my favorite player, just because um, watching that team, like basically through that, like their prime of having Harden and Westbrook, Serge Ibaka being there. Basically, there's been so many players that have gone in and out through that team, but it's like they had a lot going for them, and then they have a bright future hopefully coming up. Austin, I have a question. Did you All lose right, respect yeah. for Kevin Durant when he went to the Warriors? Um, I'm pretty sure the Spears can remember this, but I got like, really, really upset, and I was like willing to burn my jersey because I was real PO'd. <laughs> That's wow. how you know you're a real OKC fan. Yeah. 
He's still around. The Shea, Shea's pulling you up now. Shea's the bucket, man. He's one of my favorite young players. Speaking of buckets, Gary Trent. Wow, what a bucket. All right, well, all right. So we'll we'll start our first segment now that everyone's properly introduced. Uh, First segment, hot take of the week. Everyone goes around, says their hot take of the week, and tries to support it. Everyone else, try to shut it down. Or if you agree with it, you can support them as well. And this is going to be an absolute staple of our show. This will be every single week. And we're going to bring you guys some of the hottest, flamiest, just some of the most impossible takes you will ever believe. Mine so, are pretty conservative. Yeah. All right, I'll go first. So my hot take of the week, LaMelo Ball will never be an all-star. All right. And why do you think that? So first of all, let, let me give you guys some stats here. So... You, as we all know, he played in Australia before he came to the NBA. He, he didn't play in college. Hey, um, we got to go back to the Chino Hills days, though. Well, well, let me give you some stats. So this season, his three-point percentage, he, every, he's a good shooter, right? Every, everyone thinks that? Yes. Uh, he's shooting 36% from three. League average for a rookie, very good. In Australia, from a shorter three-point line, he shot 25% from three. Okay. So is it luck? You don't think I he, think so. You don't think he could develop though? There's so many NBA players that develop a three-point shot. Brooke, well, Lope, Brooke Lopez could not shoot a three when he came into the NBA. Mm-hmm. Once he started shooting threes, he was an all-star. Right, it's yeah. not just okay, okay, not just the three. So you don't believe in development? He, he, he's shooting 44% from the field. In Australia, he shot 37 against worse players in a shorter uh, three-point line. See, all I'm seeing is improvement. This man is coming up, rookie of the year favorite. He has improved he's greatly. Greatly since Australia, so yeah. Okay, the thing is, he he's he's really only heated up since Devonte Graham has been hurt. Like he he wasn't the front runner. I would and say PJ, James PJ Washington's out too. Exactly. So I I would say James Wiseman was leading the Rookie of the Year race yeah. until he got hurt, and then Devonte Graham on the Hornets got hurt. Lamelo becomes a starter, and that's why he's now leading the league uh, for the Rookie of the Year race. Mm. Um, let me also let, let me throw you some more stats. Um, he leads the Hornets in turnovers. Hayward and Devontae Graham get more touches a game. Um, he's he has two point seven turnovers a game. Ridiculously high. It's not proportional to the amount of touches he's taken. Let me throw one more stat at you guys. One of the worst defenders in the league. His defensive plus minus is. 434th in the entire NBA. And both of the other top rookies, uh, James Wiseman and Anthony Edwards, are both above him in DPM. Okay. But I feel like when they pick All-Stars, they don't care about defense. So. <laughs> True. Lie, but, so. I, I think Lamella will be an All-Star, so I'll have to disagree. Okay. I disagree as well. Austin? Yeah, I disagree as well. I mean, Jacob, <laughs> do you have any of his stat lines compared to Lonzo Ball as well? Just curious. For rookie year, Lamelo is obviously better than Lonzo, but yeah, Lonzo hasn't been an All Star yet, so just coming off the bench, he is producing a lot within like I think it's the first three games he's already started. Uh, honestly, he can probably go up from there just because he's so young as well. I mean, there's a lot of time to develop as a point guard in the league, and I mean he's very tall, so I mean he's going to be like killing it. Alright, well, let, let's hear uh, Hayden's hot take of the week. Alright, I got a few. I'll throw out a couple. I'll start with this one. I think Jalen Brown is the best player on the Celtics. I think he's better than Jason Tatum. Not only, 
I, I think he's a more efficient shooter, and I think he's by far the better defender on that Celtics team. He's averaging more points than Jason Tatum. He's averaging, or actually, they're averaging about the same, but on less shot attempts. He's been more efficient um, than Jason Tatum from field goal and from three, and he's been by far the better defender. You know, he's averaging over steal a game. He's averaging over half a block a game, which is more than Tatum. And I think he's just been more efficient all around. I know Tatum was out a few games with COVID stuff, so he missed out. And I honestly, I still have both of them on my all-star list, but the Celtics are one of the, have one of the worst benches in the league. And I think these two are superstars and they're carrying the team, but I see Jalen Brown as the more efficient player I would rather have take the shot at the end of the game, even though Tatum's usually the one to take those shots. But I, I think I think Jalen Brown, every single year he's progressed, he's gotten better and better and better. And I think he's still going to elevate his game and you know surpass Tatum this year and will be the better Celtics player down the road. All right, here, here's the question though. Is Jalen Brown's field goal percentage higher because he's the better shooter or is it because he's taking less difficult shots? Because when I think of the Celtics, I think Tatum is the first option. So yeah. naturally Tatum's going to get a harder shot selection than Jalen Brown. Okay. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not denying well, I think I think that will change over time. Like once people realize Jalen Brown's also a better passer. He's a better playmaker in my opinion. Jason Tatum more likes more of that iso ball, that side step three that he always does. Well, well, Jalen, I feel like he keeps his eyes on his on his teammates and looks for looks for the the best scoring option. I, I have to, Hayden. I don't even think it's a hot take. I think you're dead on right because Brown is a stronger all around player defensively, passing wise than Tatum. Tatum is a pure offensive threat. To win games, you need more than an offensive threat. So personally, I also agree. I think Brown is the best player on the Celtics. I will say also to go off of that, I can totally agree with that. The main reason is just because Jason Tatum produced so much within his first year. All the like, all coaches have basically told their athletes, "You need to guard this man really well," and that's just allowing them to like sag off more on Jalen Brown, giving him better opportunities to make better shots and such. Mm-hmm. So, do you agree with the take, Austin? Yeah, I agree with that. All right, I have one. I, I did three, but I'll, I'll share one more. Um, it's about Pascal Siakam. I don't think Pascal Siakam will ever be an all-star again. And one of my biggest reasons for that is the, you know, progression of the bigs, in, especially in the East. You know, players like, obviously, Joel Embiid's going to be there. Um, the progression of Julius Randle this year has been insane. He's took that leap from, you know, a solid starter who's averaging like 15 to 20 points per game in the last three years to a legitimate all-star who's averaging over 20 points per game, over five assists, over five rebounds. He's a very underrated passer. Um, Sabonis is another one, one of the best passing bigs in the league. He kind of gets overshadowed by Jokic and how good of a playmaker he is, but Sabonis is one of the best playmaking bigs in the league, and he's he's really been um, on the come up too. Bam Adebayo, another one, another good passing big, another good defender. And don't forget about Chris Boucher. Uh, Historic <laughs> rise this season. All right, all right. Historic. He's really come up, taking a lot of a play time, play minutes, play everything, all parts of the game away from Siakam a little bit. Okay, so I got to say, I think Pascal Siakam is one of the most overrated players in the league. Um, I don't think he should be an all-star this year. If the Raptors had a better record and they were one of the top three seeds in the east but I, I would give him if they were playing better but i don't think pascal siakam is a guy that you can build your team around to win championships so i yeah. I, I agree with hayden's take I agree. 
I slightly agree. I think Siakam will 100% be an all-star again, especially as Lowry gets older, depending on how Van Vliet and Powell progress. Siakam is the basis of that team for, assumably, the next three years. So I think he will be an all-star. The thing is, like, the reason he was so good in that 2019 championship run is because not a lot of people knew how he played. He was very under the radar that year, and not a lot of people knew how to guard him. But now he's a one-time all-star, and, you know, people know how he plays. People know how to defend him. And, you know, he's a lot more people, when you watch the games, he's a lot more vulnerable when he um, when he makes his moves. And he's missed a lot of game winners this year, you know, in and out of the rim. Those were tough to watch. But um, And the Raptors are still a good team, you know. I wouldn't be surprised, or I would be surprised if he made the All-Star game this year. But just because the Raptors are a playoff team and he could be considered the top player on that team, but... I don't see anything crazy special in Pascal for him to make the next jump to be a, from a star to a superstar. I think Sabonis can be a superstar. Obviously, I think Bam could be a superstar. Joel Embiid's already a superstar. I don't know if Pascal can make that leap. But also, like when Pascal Siakam did get his most like most improved award, thinking about who else was on that team probably like made it easier for him to be able to get shots up. Yeah, was with Kawhi Leonard being there. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard allowed him to produce more because no one knew who he was or how good he was and mm-hmm. so now with Kawhi being gone kind of sees like down in points as well I believe he was averaging you know he's averaging like 16.9 then but I mean he was bringing it up I guess during that time as well all right let's let's move on to Tyler's hot take so what what's your hot take of the week so I, I, I like Hayden I was kind of thinking of a couple but I ultimately went with this one Nikola Jokic having a historic season, unbelievable. And I think Jokic will go down as the best white player the NBA has ever seen. Now, I know there's some great ones out there, Larry Bird, Dirk Nowitzki, um, Jerry West, Luka even, maybe one day. But Jokic, if he continues this path, if he stays on this level, will be the best white player in the NBA. Career highs in points per game, assists per game, rebounds per game this year. He's shooting over 40% from three, which is amazing. And despite that brief dip last year, he's coming back stronger than ever this year. He has a young team to grow with. If Jokic can hold this up, he will become the best white player of all time in the NBA. I'm totally going to have to disagree. Larry Bird is so much of a better player. But I will say this. He could make a conversation for it if he wins championships. It, it all goes down on championships. Definitely, opinion. definitely. He's on the path. Austin, what do you think? I need a minute to think about that. Because, I mean, I still think Larry Bird is still probably better. Discussion of the different eras because Larry Bird played in a different era completely. The whole place of how basketball was done then is different from now. But then also seeing that Jokic does, like, pass the ball a lot. He's getting good shots whenever he can. Even watching in games, he just he takes smart shots and gets all that up. And so, I mean, like, his IQ percentage of shots is amazing. Definitely. Jacob? I, I disagree. Uh, obviously, there's potential for Jokic to get up there, but Larry Bird is at least undeniably a top-ten player all time. Jokic has done nothing remarkable yet. Sure, he's a great player, but 
You're remembered for your championships, and with how the Nuggets are currently constructed, I cannot see them winning a championship with Jokic. So, yeah, I gotta say he might not even be top five. So I just I just pulled up a top ten list, top ten white players of all time. Larry Bird is one. <laughs> Number two, Dirk Nowitzki. That's a good comparison Surprise. to Jokic, you know. Same Definitely. kind of skill set. They can hit threes. You know, Jokic is obviously a better passer. Dirk has a ring. and um, But that's very comparable. John Stockton, three. Steve Nash, four. Mark Price, five. So it kind of fades out after five. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think? It's Mark Price. Wow. Um, they have white chocolate at number 10, Jason Williams. So, you know, obviously, it's a weak field. obviously he's top 10. He could be top five. I don't think he's number one right now. All right, All right Austin, let's hear your take. Uh, this hot take's going to be really good, I think. Do you think Julius Randle's going to get most improved for this year? Yeah. So awesome! Yeah. What is your take that he should win Most Improved? Yeah, okay. I believe so. I don't, I don't that's a freezing cold take. I gotta say, <laughs> Here's I, I think that's a given. Julius oh. Randall is definitely in the lead for Most Improved. Uh, right now, I don't I think, think he is at all. Who do you have, Hayden? I don't know. So I would have had Christian Wood, but he went down with injury. So I would go with Jeremy Grant. The way. He, that he's jumped his points per game has been insane. You know, Randall last year averaged 20 a game. Like, he's only increased his points per game by, like, four or three. Assists-wise, he's gone up, like, two extra assists per game. His um three-throw percentage is at 80%. Okay, okay, okay. Stats uh, up across the board. So I, I will say this, though. Jeremy Grant has literally doubled his points per game. He averaged 12 last year for the Nuggets. He's averaging 23.5. Upped his blocks from 0.8 to 1.2, his assists from 1.2 to 2.9, his rebounds from 3.5 to 5. Every single stat has gone up for Jeremy Grant. In terms of his field goal, it's about the same, but he's taking way more shots. And he's, he's gone from a bench player on a playoff team to by far the number one option on the Detroit Pistons. And I, I think I think when the Pistons signed him and gave him that contract, they weren't expecting him to average over 22 a game. So I kind of agree with Hayden here. I I think it 100% would have been Christian Wood before he got brutally injured. I think Randall would be the favorite over Grant right now. Grant definitely has had a great year, but Randall has changed the Knicks from being a basement dweller in the East to now, as we are speaking, the eighth seed in the East. And without Randall, the Knicks wouldn't be there. I think he definitely would be MIP. Austin. Yeah. Another reason I also have him winning most improved versus Jeremy Grant is also, I mean, Jeremy Grant, I think he's been capable of producing the numbers he has for a really long time now. And the only reason he couldn't was because of the team he was on. He had a lot of different other guys, like you know, Jamal Murray, Jokic as well. And those guys would take the points away. So throwing a guy like him onto a team that's already garbage in the first place. All right, all right. Let's let's move on here. So big news this week: Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond held out. They're sitting out until they can find a trade package. Um, let's start off with Blake Griffin. Where do you guys think he could end up? I'll start this one off. So since we were just talking about Randall, I think this could be a great spot. So the Knicks obviously have had an affinity for big forwards in the past. So how about a package for Blake Griffin, including Julius Randle? This could happen. I mean, the Knicks wouldn't be smart to take this. Randle's doing great. <laughs> but they're the Knicks. But it, exactly, it's the Knicks. So you never know. 
One other place I also wrote down is the Pelicans. The Pelicans have had what most people would assume is a disappointing season so far. So they might want to switch things up a little bit. So Steven Adams and Melly for Blake Griffin. Those are my two possible trades. Probably both pretty unlikely. I don't think anyone should really take Griffin, but that's what I have. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with the Pelicans. I think that's a great uh, package. One other thing that I had, I could see a package to the Heat. You know, yeah. they're not doing good this year. They need to change it up. They have Bam. They have Jimmy Butler. They need a good power forward. And right now they have Kelly Olynyk. Put a package around Kelly Olynyk. Ship him off to the Pistons. Blake Griffin could thrive in Miami. I just think it's a good fit for him. It, it turns around the Heat. They they need to do something. All right. Yeah, I'd say two teams. And I had Miami as one as well. But two teams I see that could go for him. Thunder and Laker. The reason why I say like the Thunder is um, they can give away a couple of their picks and maybe a couple of their players like Trevor Ariza and Mike Muscala as well as maybe George Hill. And then they, it would help them clear up a little bit more salary space, but maybe not enough. But at least they could try getting someone else to maybe be there, help mentor some of the younger guys. And they could get some picks in return. You know OKC loves their picks. I think yeah, it's 30, 30 picks in the next seven years. <laughs> yeah, no, it's insane. Yeah. All right, what do you think? Where's Blake Griffin ending up? I don't know. So I, I did more, instead of a trade, I, I'm assuming that this is more Drummond, obviously, but I feel like Blake Griffin's going to end up in a buyout situation. I don't think the Pistons are going to come up with a trade to get him just because Blake Griffin is having one of the most disappointing seasons <laughs> out of all the players. For the first time in his career, he's taking more three-pointers than two-pointers. There was a stat that said he hasn't dunked in like over a year, so he's wow, not he's not he's not the same player that he used to be. Um, he's taking a lot of threes. He's a completely different player, but he's not even efficient from three. He's only shooting thirty one percent. So Blake Griffin's a completely different player. But one one uh, destination that I feel like he should go to is the Phoenix Suns. I think the biggest hole in that Suns team is the power forward position. I know Frank Kaminsky has been starting for them, and he's actually been playing really well. But maybe having Blake Griffin come off the bench for that team, I don't know what he's going to do because he's been shooting for the Pistons all year. So I'm not sure if he's still, like, if he ended up on a different team, if he, you know, felt obligated to attack the rim more. I don't really know what's up with him. It's been a ton of injuries, a lot of nagging stuff. But I, I put the Phoenix Suns in another team I put was the Golden State Warriors, you know. James Wiseman's hurt. Von Looney's hurt. They've been playing a lot of small ball. And I feel like Blake Griffin would love to play with a a player like Steph Curry, you know, Blake Griffin's an under, underrated playmaker, and, you know, playing under Steve Kerr, um, hopefully that could maybe revive his career a little bit longer, but we'll see. I, I think I think Golden State would be a cool destination for Blake Griffin if he were in the bio market. Yeah, I think Golden State would be really, really interesting. Huge potential, honestly, but a lot of risk messing up the chemistry. Yeah, let's talk about Andre Drummond now. One, I think this is a perfect fit for him. Brooklyn Nets, they lost Jared Allen. They need a center. Andre Drummond fits perfectly into this team. Trade, Spencer Dinwiddie, he's been out, uh, but still has huge upside. Joe Harris, which critical piece to the Nets team, but I think they have enough shooting now. And then Tyler Johnson, they get a rebounding big. DeAndre Jordan is not fit to start for the Nets anymore. It's just a rebounding machine. It would definitely help that Nets team. I also put the Nets. 
I don't like the trade to get it though. Yeah. It, it really makes you top heavy with salaries, and you need the yeah. mid tier players. I don't think they need Spencer Didwinny or Joe Harris. Anymore. I think I think Drummond's going to be on the buyout market. So I I also put the Nets. But another team, another Eastern Conference uh, team that I put that's in need of a big is the Boston Celtics. Um, they've kind of had this three headed center monster and Tice Thompson and and uh, Robert Williams, but. Um, Thompson has been an underwhelming player this season. I thought he was going to be really good for that team, but he's been a little bit underwhelming. Robert Williams has shown some flashes, and you know Tice is a little undersized as a five. There, there was a time where they had a lineup of Thompson and Tice, and Tice would play the four, and he did a pretty good job at that. But I saw on Twitter a few days ago, but it said like the Raptors and um, and Cavs are in talks right now of <laughs> dealing him out, which I think would make a really good. I think it'd be really good for the Raptors to do, maybe have a better second half of the season once All-Star break comes over. I think they just need someone down there below because obviously Pascal Siakam can't do it by himself. <laughs> I got I got one more team in mind too, the Clippers. Uh, throw it back, yeah. Yeah. The, the Clippers, I think, are would be a great destination for him. Uh, add like that third star piece to that team. You know, they have um, Zubak, who's actually having a pretty good year. But they lost Montrez Harrell, so adding another big like Andre Drummond, who's just a rebound machine, would put them in the conversation of legitimate contenders, which they already are. Okay, so I'll share mine now. Andre Drummond to Charlotte. And Charlotte obviously has LaMelo. They have a lot of great small guards. Hayward, too. And it would be great for Charlotte to get a good center right now. It's Cody Zeller, who is, you know, not great. Trash. <laughs> wow. Wow. Better hope your address doesn't get leaked. He was a, he was Cody Zeller's gonna show up. Pick. Yeah, he doesn't play. The like Hornets have a history of bad, bad mid-round draft picks. Uh, if Cleveland can ship Drummond to Charlotte, you can give back Zeller and Rozier, which I think oh. is is possible for salary, and I think it really, really improves Charlotte's team. It doesn't really improve Cleveland, but right. All right, let's let's move on. Um, so this week. All-star starters were announced today. Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard in the West. And for the East, Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Do you guys agree with the starters? Uh, First off, it is an absolute joke that Damian Lillard did not get the start over Luka Doncic. Obviously, this has been going around NBA circles a little bit, but Lillard is carrying that Portland team to right now the four seed without McCollum, without Nurkic, while Dallas is sitting in the basement of the West. I I can't believe it, honestly. Very well put. I think the fan vote carried Luka. You know, he's kind of... uh, celebrity more than Damian Lillard. People are more onto him. He's on the rise. But what Damian Lillard has done this year, I would say he's definitely top five MVP candidate. I agree. I I had Damian my starting. I didn't have Luka. And then on the East, I actually had James Harden over Kyrie Irving. I think James Harden is the more pivotal player for that Nets team. I think he's currently right now the best passer in the NBA. He's been averaging like over 12, 13 assists since joining that Nets team. And he's really been the, uh, he's been the point guard for that team. Kyrie's been a shooting guard for that team. And he's really kind of the glue guy to that Nets team. Obviously, Kevin Durant's the most important player on that team. But James Harden, I think, is having a phenomenal season. 
Yeah, I, d- I definitely agree with that. I think Harden should have been over Irving, but I'm not mad that Irving started. Neither, he's averaging like 20. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. You, you, could, you could take either one of them. Yeah. Personally, when I was making my lineup, like I wrote it all down, I didn't even have Kyrie in it. I had Trey Young over anyone, but I had everything right on the East. Like on your bench? You didn't have spot. Kyrie on your all-star team at all? Yeah, personally, that's, yeah, that could be a hot take on it. <laughs> that should have been your hot Ooh, take of your Oh, my God. This is Kyrie's best season of his career, in my opinion. No, He's averaging 28. 28 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, number debatably two. the leader of the Nets. Number two, number two seed in the East. And he is not an all-star, the yeah, Sad That's says. sad. That's sad. All right, All right guys. So now let's talk about the reserves. They haven't been announced yet, but we'll give our takes on who we think it should be. Um, let's start off with the West. I think everyone's going to agree with this. Damian Lillard. I do. Definitely. Yep. Definitely. All right. Here, and then another guard, Donovan Mitchell. I have him. Yep. yep. For sure. Utah Jazz have been amazing. Yeah. They deserve two All-Stars. Okay, then Anthony Davis. I actually did not put uh, yeah. Anthony Davis, purely for the reason that he's not going to actually play in the All-Star game. So I just didn't put him in my prediction. Obviously, if he were healthy, I'd put him in, but... Yeah, I'm the exact same way as well, he is. Well, say, he, he still deserves to be an all-star. He might not play, but he deserves his title. No, though. His numbers actually have gone... Like, he hasn't played. Like, <laughs> he, I, I mean, think he is an all-star. Like, a hot take. No, there, there is a player that I would have him over, but I just didn't put him in there purely because I know there's going to be a replacement for him. So, yeah. His numbers are down this season. All right, how about the Suns? They, we have Chris Paul, Devin Booker... I'm going to put one of them in. Same. One of them deserves to be in. The Suns are fourth in the West currently. Major improvement. One of them deserves to go in, in my opinion. I, I put both of them in. You put both I of put, them in? Yeah, honestly, both. Yeah. I, I put... Devin Booker was a clear-cut all-star for me. Chris Paul was kind of borderline. I did put him in. I think the Suns honestly would not be in the playoffs without Chris Paul. With Chris Paul, they're a top five seed in the West. He's such a glue guy for them. And every single team Chris Paul has gone to, they've been in the playoffs. You know, when he was on the Hornets, they were a playoff team. Clippers, playoff team. Thunder, playoff team. Rockets, playoff team. Suns, playoff team. And for the exact same reason Paul is in my all-star team, I didn't take Booker because I don't think the Suns deserve two. Booker is having a great year, but Paul is the game changer. Paul is what elevates the team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, They were both borderline for me, but I went with Booker in the end. I feel like he's deserved to be an all-star for like the last three or four seasons, and he definitely deserves it again, but I, I could see the case for Chris Paul over him, but the Suns definitely deserve one. So what about Brandon Ingram? I did not put Brandon Ingram in the end. Did not. 100%. Whoa! I I put Brandon Ingram in too. Um, He's having a better year than last year, and he was an All Star last year. I actually put Zion in the All Star game. Wow! I put Zion as well. What? He was my wait. wait, wait, So you put you put two Pelicans in the All Star game. The Pelicans are like the 13 seed. The Suns are the four seed, and you put one All Star in. I don't like it, but Ingram and Zion are having better years than Devin Booker and Chris Zion, Paul. if Zion took more shots, he could almost average 30 a game. Like, he's averaging, like, 25 a game on, like, less attempts than Brandon Ingram. Like, I, he's, he's one of the most efficient players in the NBA right now, but he could be one of the most efficient players in NBA history. Like, right. He's so good. And that's exactly why I wouldn't... I didn't consider Zion for a second. Zion is not contributing as much as he should be to that team. And a lot of that is based off projections, honestly. People really saw Zion coming in as superstar. Mm-hmm. 
and that is definitely skewing my bias towards that. But I think Zion isn't hitting his potential. I will say that also I think with Zion being like, if he is a reserve for it, I think it will just make the show a little bit better. Uh, okay, so let's move on from Zion. What about Paul George? Definitely. I have Paul George. Yeah. Uh, and I have Paul George as well. Consensus. Right. Let's go back really fast. You said Mitchell. I said Mitchell. Do you have any other Jazz players on your list? I do not. I and really, I, I, I would really. I would love to have Rudy Gobert in there, but I just could not find a spot for him. Oh, I put Rudy Gobert. Yeah, in. I found I a think spot. Rudy, I Rudy think Gobert Rudy deserves I, it for uh, one reason, one reason only: being the man to shut down the NBA. That's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just Rudy Gobert. The real defensive player of the year. He shut down the entire league in 2020. I will say this. This is always my rule of thumb for picking All-Stars. If you're the number one seed in your conference, you deserve at least two All-Stars. That's Jazz what are I the thought. number one seed. Rudy Gobert's having a good year. I, you know, People were talking about putting Mike Conley in All-Star considerations. Obviously, I didn't put him. But also, NBA on TNT, they were doing All-Star reserve predictions. And Charles Barkley put... Jordan Clarkson as an all-star. I mean, Charles Barkley's an idiot. Yeah, he's there for entertainment value. Exactly. Um, exactly. So that was my list. Uh, Who who else did you guys have? I had pretty much everyone that you said. I'll run through mine quickly. I had Mitchell, Lillard, Booker, George, Gobert, Paul, and Williamson. Um, I almost put DeMar DeRozan over Zion, but... And I did put DeMar over. You did put DeMar. I put DeMar over. The Spurs have exceeded expectations this season. DeRozan doing amazing, really putting that team on the back yeah. offensively. So I had to put DeRozan on. Also, what about you? I think the only person you guys didn't have that I had on mine, I think John Moran should be on it. Okay, that's a good one. I just think personally he's, again, having a good season. Yep. And him and Zion both collectively have been doing what they need to do for their team. Yeah. One, so, one more player that we haven't talked about that I had on my snubs list, De'Aaron Fox, having a really good year. And I actually put Fox on my list. Oh, you did? Okay. Now, it might be biased. As I said at the beginning, I did say he's my favorite player. But Fox is having a great offensive year. Really the only bright spot of the Kings so far this year. Yeah, the Kings agree. haven't done great, but Fox should be rewarded. He's been slightly below all-star level his whole career so far. He's, what, like a fifth-year player? Yeah. And this is his year he broke out. I think he deserves a spot over some of those Pelicans guys. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about the East Reserves, I guess, then. So, we'll start off, obviously, whoever, you guys said Harden, Kyrie, both of them get in. I mean, Kyrie's the starter, so I put Harden on the reserves. I have Harden. So I have Harden, obviously. Okay, so now let's talk about the Celtics. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, who makes it? I put both of them. I put yeah, both I of them. Well. And I put both of them as well. Right. We're, we're, we're agreed. Even though, <laughs> even though Boston is not doing great they've had a recent slide yeah. those two guys really are the face of that team the yeah, meat no, of are. that team they're so both, they're both superstars they were both all-stars yeah. there was a point where i thought about not putting tatum in just because he missed a few games but he's still balling this year so i put him in all right what about from chicago zach levine first time all-star i put zach levine in i think he's having a phenomenal year and the bulls are good this year you know they're they're a fun team to watch and zach levine is really a fun player to watch he's really balling this year i didn't really have him on my list at all i just like i mean he was one of those players i was probably looking through and i was just like i mean i think they're just playing the same as they usually do like i mean he hasn't really done anything to like gain my attention, I guess you could say. 
I yeah, think the Bulls aren't any better this year, uh, but he yeah, is having a better year. So for me, I had Levine like first or second guy out. Again, the Bulls are irrelevant. They haven't done anything. He's just stat padding, honestly. So he's having a great year, to be fair. But I, I'm not big on it. He's not helping his team he's, win. He's hit a few game winners this year, you know. All right. Well, uh, let's talk about Julius Randle. Did you guys put Julius Randle in? I do. He's having a breakout year. I, I do as well. Hundred percent. You should know me by now. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I had him as well. So what about what about the Heat? Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. Did either of them make it? This was my toughest choice. I didn't have a single Heat player on my roster. I would have had Butler if he didn't miss 14 games because of COVID. The COVID shut him down, and honestly, the Heat haven't been impressive enough. They haven't been winning enough. They haven't played enough games, in all honesty, to really warrant all-stars. I think Butler and Adebayo are both borderline, both there. Adebayo, along with Levine, were like the last two that I cut. But yeah, I don't have either of them. Yeah, I'll say like what I was having a problem with is I had Sabonis in over Adebayo, and it came down to one or the other. And I just like, honestly, I was just like, Sabonis, I think, is a better player than Adebayo. It's yeah, agreed. I was the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what, what Tyler said, I, w- I would have put Jimmy Butler in if uh, he was healthier. But the Heat have underperformed, but I still have Bam Adebayo in. I, I, he's just having a great year again, better than last year, more essential to the team. I, I felt like he deserved it. Yeah. Um, so my last spot for the East, I put Gordon Hayward in. Oh. Woo! All right. I mean, that's not a bad pick. The, the Hornets are good this year, so that's not a bad pick. Um, exactly. The, the Hornets are in the playoffs right now, and Gordon Hayward is the best player on that team. Uh, he's having a really good bounce back year, in my opinion, yeah. averaging 20 a game, solid rebound and assist numbers. Uh, I, I felt like he deserved a spot. No Trey Young? No Trey Young. No. So, for my last spot, like I said, my rule of thumb if you're the number one seed in your conference, you need at least two All Stars. So for my last spot, I did put Ben Simmons, not only for what he's doing offensively, he's not having a great offensive year, but he is, in my opinion, my defensive player of the year front runner. He can guard one through five. He's been phenomenal defensively. Start yeah, there's some Sixers bias right here as well. I'm here. Sixers, the Sixers are playing really well, and I, I think they deserve two All-Stars with Embiid playing like an MVP. You know, it's not just him. It's Simmons and Harris. I almost put Harris in. But I will say, I almost put in Trey Young. I almost put in someone we haven't talked about, Nikola Vucevic for the Magic. Having a great year. Severely underrated. Yeah. And then my last reserve, who is a little bit controversial, I'd say, is Chris Middleton. Okay. Which, no, yeah. he, he isn't doing as good as he has in the past, mm-hmm. but the Bucks have... It's the Bucks. The Bucks almost always deserve two All-Stars, well, in recent years at least. So I... Yeah, I had to give it to Middleton over Adebayo and Levine and all those guys. Yeah, I had Sabonis and Ben Simmons as well. But the one person I think that has deserved a spot in this is Jeremy Grant. I think he's been doing really, really well. And that's just personally what I've been thinking just by watching him play and how he's been doing for my fantasy team. Wait. I think he's done great as well. Austin, I have a question for you. Like like 30 minutes ago, you just said he was stat padding for a bad (laughs) (laughs) time. But now you say he's an all-star. 
What was that? But okay, but so stat you can stat you can like, stat pad all <laughs> Russell Westbrook. All star. You also I mean, said that about Levine. I mean, you said Levine stat so pads. There are so many players in the league that do that. Like James Harden, for God's sake, did that last year and he was still an all star. That's our that's our all star takes. Some controversial ones, something that we all agreed with. So let's move on. Here's our question of the week. Are the Jazz legit? Can they win an NBA title? Um, let's hear your guys' takes and then we'll go into it. Just say yes or no. Hayden? Right now, I'd say it's possible. So, yes, it's possible. I would say no. No. All right. So, me, me and Hayden, I, I say yes. I think they're legit. Tyler and Austin say no. Me and Hayden say yes. Let me give you my take. So, I think the Jazz, even though... I, I, I only had Donovan Mitchell on my all-star team. Now, I think they have three borderline all-stars. Donovan Mitchell is, is a lock. Rudy Gobert, right on the line. I, and I even think Mike Conley could slide in there in some, some crazy world. Um, he's putting up major bounce back here. Solid numbers. They don't have any flash, but that's the thing. They, their team fits together so well. They have Mike Conley, the playmaking. Donovan Mitchell brings the scoring. Rudy Gobert brings the defense. They have the sixth man of the year. Jordan Clarkson brings scoring off of the bench. Joe Ingles shooting in perimeter defense, as well as Bojan Bogdanovic shooting in perimeter defense. They aren't lacking anything but flash, and you don't need flash to win a championship. Well said. Yeah. So for me, it purely relies on their three-point shooting. So this so far this season, they have been lights out from three. I think they rank... They're top three in three-point percentage. I think they attempt the most threes per game in the league, but that team is purely constructed with Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and a ton of shooters. You have Joe Ingles, who's been shooting really well, Royce O'Neal, who's having a phenomenal season both offensively and defensively. Georges Niang is having a good year. Bogdanovich, obviously, having a really good year. Jordan Clarkson, my sixth man of the year front runner, has been a sniper. He went off against my Sixers too, but that Jazz team purely relies on how well they can shoot the ball. If they continue to shoot the ball like this, they can beat anyone. But if they can't shoot the ball at the end of the day, they're just a mid-tier team. So it's going to purely rely on how they can shoot the ball. All right, so let's, let's hear why they aren't uh, legit. Austin, you want to take well, it first? Yeah, so I mean, first off, they're scoring 115.5 points per game. And the teams in front of them would be like the Nuggets, Trailblazers, Bucks and Nets. There are a bunch of other teams, in my opinion, that do what they do better. And that's the problem, is that they can do it well, but if one guy has a slump, or let's say even two guys have a slump in the same game, they're they're not going to make it that far. That's the problem. Because once you get to the playoffs, it's like day in, day out, getting ready for the next one. And I just don't think they, they can ever do it. We all know there's going to be one team that comes in every single year that's going to go on a nice hot streak. And that's them this year, and I don't really think they're going to do anything with it. Uh, here, here's the thing, though. You say that uh, they have people if they don't go off, then they're not good. They're the exact team where if someone doesn't go off, someone else can step up and go off. Mm-hmm. If you have, if you, let's just take the Lakers. If LeBron doesn't go off, I mean, it's up to Anthony Davis to pick up the slack versus the Jazz. If Donovan Mitchell scores like 15 one night, you have tons of people who can make up for that loss, those lost points. I agree. Okay, let me go ahead and try to back Austin up here. I, I was a little bit more hesitant to say no, 
but I feel like the Jazz have really been hyped up the last couple of years. Everyone comes in and they say they're a contender and they don't deliver. This year in the regular season, they are finally delivering. But this happens. You can do well in the regular season, but if you don't have a guy who can turn it on in the postseason, and you might say, oh, Mitchell, but that's not a guy who can turn it on. That's not a LeBron. That's not a Giannis. Yeah, the number one option is completely lacking. And right now, Conley should probably step up a little bit more. He's done okay. Conley's been awesome. No, he's... Conley has had a career year this year. Not career. Career year. He's had a revival year. He he has done a lot better than he originally was on the Jazz, but he needs to be what he was on the Grizzlies, like a number one guard option. And that's what they're going to need. They need a duo of Mitchell and Conley to step it up more. We're talking about winning a title, not about just getting an all-star. Like, Conley's a borderline all-star. If you want to win a title, Conley needs to be a lock for an all-star. Uh, and also, Clarkson right now is doing absolutely amazing. I personally don't believe in Clarkson too much. Oh, I think he'll fall off. So, guys, if you if you have an opinion on this, follow us on Instagram through Traffic Podcast. Tell us what you think about this Jazz team, if they could win a title or not. All right, and that, that brings us to our last segment of the podcast, something we like to call Face Off. What we're going to do, we have four of us here. We're going to have two random people face off. They have to give our their take on why this will or won't happen. And our topic for today is the Lakers will slash won't win the title this year. So today we're going to have Hayden arguing why the Lakers will win the championship <laughs> against Tyler saying why the Lakers won't win the championship. So you guys get one minute each. Give us your take. Me and Austin will be the judge. We'll say the winner. Um, the winner gets a high five. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> All right, ready, Hayden? You yeah. got a minute. All right. Ready, go. All right, so it's going to rely on Anthony Davis's health. If they sit Anthony Davis long enough, which I think they will, and he comes back 100%, not 95%, but 100% from that you know, Achilles soreness, I think he's going to be the X factor to that team. They're most likely going to face the Nets in the finals. And the Nets don't have a big man. I think Anthony Davis would feast on that Nets team. I think he would average close to 30 points per game. Similar to the Miami Heat, Anthony Davis had a really good final series against the Miami Heat, but he was up against Bam Adebayo, who was a top three defensive player of the year candidate, and he still feasted. So now he's going up against a Nets team whose biggest weakness is their big play. And I think Anthony Davis will be the biggest X factor. I think he'll be more effective in that final series than the guard play of Kyrie Irving and James Harden. And I think I think they have the perimeter players to do it. Obviously, James is going to be matched up against Kevin Durant. We could see Davis on Durant and James on Harden. And then one of the guards up front, like Schroeder, could be guarding Kyrie Irving. I think they're a better defensive team. And at the end of the day, defense wins championships. So I got the Lakers. All right, and that will do it for Hayden. Tyler, give us your take on why they won't win the championship. So Hayden was talking a lot about how Davis is the X factor. And that's exactly it. And the problem is Davis just got injured Badly. This is bad. He's out for a month. And if Davis is out even more than that, it could be a big problem. There's a huge concern if he comes back, he's not at 100%. And that's just the Lakers themselves. It says nothing about the opponents. Last year, Western Conference Finals didn't have to face the Clippers. Finals did not have to face the Bucks. Had to face the Heat. This team hasn't shown that they can beat a solid, good, competitive team in a 
matchup in the playoffs. So you go up against the Nets, you go up against the Clippers this year, and what are the Lakers going to do if you have to go up against the trio of Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant? AD would do okay. But who is guarding Kyrie and Harden at the same time? There's no one there. And that's time. All right, so you guys both made great points. Me and Austin get to decide the winner. Austin, who do you think won that debate? I honestly think uh, Hayden won that one. There we go. And I got to go with Tyler. I think he raised some good points. So it is a draw right now. Uh, season record, 0-0-1. And, and Tyler is also 0-0-1. All right, well, that is going to do it for the first ever Through Traffic podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Through Traffic Podcast, and we will see you guys next week. Peace out.